Drilling fluids touch just about everything in the drilling process. We're here to deconstruct the drilling process and drilling fluid concepts to provide a deeper understanding of our industry. In each episode, we'll share information, talk to interesting people, and maybe share a few stories along the way. Welcome to The Flow Line, a production of AES Drilling Fluids, brought to you by Matt Offenbacher and Justin Gautier. All right, we're back with another episode of The Flow Line. Matt, how are you doing this somewhat rainy morning, but turned out to be a beautiful day here in Houston? You know, I'm doing all right. I'm tired, but I've got the energy to pull through. That's good. I know you can always dig deep, you know, especially in our industry. (laughs) The world never sleeps, especially when you're drilling holes in the ground for oil and gas because people are consuming it on stock throughout the world. But anyway, you know, big week, I think the Astros didn't, well, by the time this airs, we will have been in the season so far. How's it looking? How's it shaping up here? First game or two? Well, I mean, looks good. I think everybody wanted to see how Verlander would do. And, you know, he had a great start. Awesome. And then, of course, you know, everybody else looked good, especially the first series against the Angels. You know, I appreciated, you know, Major League Baseball on Twitter was like, no one wants to face these guys. And it had like Shohei Otani and Mike Trout. And they were like <laughs> three for 40 or something. Our pitchers did a great job. They're great players and they're going to get it together. But we at least made them look bad one series. Nice. Reasonably pleased. Good. The Angels there, are they stacked up pretty well against us? Or like on paper, were we supposed to win that series? I mean, it's so early. It's tough to say, but like, I definitely think we're better than them. I'm more scared of the Mariners, but I'm probably more scared of the Mariners next year than I am this year. Uh, So, okay. But, you know, we got a few in it. Jeremy Pena, you know, he's our guy. I've heard that name get thrown around quite a bit. Sounds like he's making quite the wave. He's given us a chance to forget about Carlos Correa for a little while. That's (laughs) possible. So, cool to see a young guy come up who's got a good head on his shoulders. Hit his first home run. They were actually interviewing his family when he hit his first home run. And no way. Yeah. So like as good. he hit it? Yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. I don't know. He's been great and pretty good defensively. Just, you know, excited for the guy. No, absolutely. Especially for his family. I mean, I don't know if he comes from a line of major league baseball players, but if not, what a cool story. And that's always the coolest thing about sports, at least in my opinion, is you know, watching kids grow up. You know, whether girls or guys in whatever sport they're in and, you know, their families just there full support all the time, you know, it's life-changing. And so it's just neat to see and everyone's, you know, just super pumped and the family's stoked and they got brothers and sisters and friends and family always cheering for them. It's really neat to see. So yeah, big shout out to the Strohs and for all you Houston Astros fans, hopefully the season continues and we get a bunch of dubs coming down the pipeline. But with that said, with that said, you know, we're going to talk a little bit about technical conferences today. Now that, you know, I would say, you know, a lot, a lot of events happening, a lot of things coming into Houston, different events, whether drilling related or not, it seems long looking at my calendar and, and on LinkedIn, it just seems like every week there's something. And fortunately for us, we're, you know, heavily involved in Matt and Addy, especially with AADE conferences and, you know, just lots of stuff that ties into the drilling fluid space. But man, I think it'd be good just to talk about technical conferences. And for those who are familiar, maybe just kind of refresh, you know, why they're so good for the industry. And for those who have never really had a chance to attend one, perhaps uh, we can share some information about, you know, what the value is there. And if you get an opportunity, why it might be something you'd want to participate in. Yeah. I mean, conferences can be a great way to grow technically, especially there's all different kinds. As you mentioned, there's a million of them, which means you've got to be selective, but 
there's also a lot of great opportunities to meet people and learn new things. And so, you know, yeah, I think just kind of running through what those are, how they can be an opportunity could encourage a few folks to maybe consider attending one or, you know, even submitting a paper to one. Right. Well, let's just kind of get back to basics and and say like, you know, what would you consider the makeup of say a technical conference is? What does that all entail? So, I mean, first of all, it depends on who's putting it on, right? So Society of Petroleum Engineers, they put on a ton of conferences and, you know, sometimes it's a worldwide organization, right? So sometimes they'll have one for the Western United States or Asia Pacific, or, you know, so they can be designed for a region, And then they also have like a global annual technical conference and exhibition or ATCE for short. And then like the AADE or American Association of Drilling Engineers, they have a drilling dedicated conference and then the fluids conference, which is coming up. And so some of them can be fairly broad, like think about offshore technology conference, right? Like when I walked around at the offshore technology conference years ago, it was like there were people who manufactured bolts for marine risers, like had a booth there. It was that nuance. There were like the support vessels. So it wasn't all drilling. It was all supporting the oil and gas industry generally. Mm. But it was a lot of things that, I mean, it was interesting to know it exists. It certainly wasn't something I needed to know anything about. <laughs> yeah. So you could get to one so huge where there are just smaller elements that are helpful, or you can get to smaller ones that are a bit more specialized. So SPE, the Gulf Coast section, actually puts on a data science conference that I've attended. And it's a small enough group that you kind of get to meet everybody and that makes it kind of special. And it, honestly, some of it's a little over my head. So it's, it's also nice to, in a smaller setting, you, Hey, tell me more about this. You know, so you can go very broad or you can go very specific and specific is smaller, easier to get to know people, but maybe not as many people show up, which could be, you know, a downside, you know, and specifically talking about these technical conferences, you know, they're designed for industry contributions. And so what that means is they've pushed very hard against commercialization and commercialism, which I appreciate just because you can have a great technology. You can tell the story. You don't have to tell me how great trade name X is. And, you know, it doesn't need to be a sales job. Do that somewhere else. There's places for it. But this is really to go before the industry and say, hey, we've done a really cool thing to advance the industry. Here it is. So that's sort of the composition of it. It's put on by some organization. It usually has a discipline or a specialization, but how narrow or broad that is, is, you know, who up to whoever. And then, you know, hopefully it's just technical or, you know, driven by industry contributions that everybody gets better by hearing out what you have to say. Right. And like you said, they, they range so considerably. I mean, I've been to some conferences where it's one day, there may be six speakers and in between speakers, there's a little bit of networking in a small room of maybe 50 to 60 people. But then you get ones like OTC and NAEP and and all these big ones where, yeah, you're just, it's information overload. There's tons of speakers, different rooms. And I mean, it almost takes you a few years attending it to really understand what, you know, to get the most value out of it. Because I remember going to OTC for the first time and it was like, you know, going to a carnival, like I was like, what is like, I don't know where, where to go, who to talk to and everything else. But again, it's the neat thing about the energy space is there's a lot of participation in events to share stories and to create awareness around technology and innovation and and all the rest of it. But, you know, generally speaking, Matt, how would you say, or what elements 
do conferences typically have, you know, like that one could expect going to a, say a traditional style conference? Yeah. And, and I think traditional style is key to keep in mind here. So they're not all the same and things are different from here to there, but it's not uncommon to have a keynote speaker. So somebody that maybe is well-known in the industry, or maybe, maybe somebody you haven't heard of before that might offer something to kind of pique everybody's interest to kick the thing off. And so, you know, these can be well-known, you know, industry leaders with the AAD fluids conferences. I've served on the speakers committee. I've dealt with this quite a bit. You know, a few years ago, we had an interesting organization called Pumps and Pipes. And what they do is it's medical aviation and oil and gas all study basically fluid dynamics. And so it's a technology sharing consortium that gets together regularly to share, you know, hey, our MRI machine could might actually help you model how a well works or just a, I mean, I mean, it was just a cool concept and organization I never heard of, but you were like, wow, there's more to this. And there's, it was pretty inspirational. And then a lot of times it's state of the industry, right? Which changes. That's the interesting thing. So for the AD Fluids Conference this year, it's going to be Richard Spears. And he's really well known for being able to, you know, clarify where the market's headed and what's going on. But that's, you know, when we approached him months ago, the price of oil was a lot lower and things were a lot different, right? So, <laughs> I mean, granted, he stays current and, and there's no concerns there, but there's also just the fact that if you think this through, it can be very different, right? You might have a topic in mind for your keynote and it, it could change, but some of the bigger conferences, you might have somebody who's really, really well-known. It might be a, a government official. It might be, you know, just a think tank person. They charge a lot of money to appear. So depends on the size and scale of your organization. And then there's also usually at least one day, there's a luncheon speaker. It was really fun at NAPE, the luncheon speaker this past year. It was two guys who kind of played, you know, who would you invest in? But they did it according to like football teams and sort of like, <sighs> the, you know, this oil and gas operator is kind of like Alabama and talks about like the traits of Alabama football and how it relates to the team. No and way. basically like, who would you bet your money on to, you know, who's the sleeper, you know, that kind of thing. That's cool. But they did a really fun, really different. I never seen anything like it. It was just like, wow, this is, I'm glad we're mixing it up more on those things. No kidding. Another interesting thing is to listen to panel sessions. So this might be a group of experts. And usually there's a moderator who will ask questions, say, you know, hey, where do you see the future of oil and gas? Or how do you see certain technologies? You know, a lot of this stuff more recently is focused on automation and that kind of thing. But normally you'll get different people. So going back to NAPE, it was the conference I attended most. Well, I also attended the SPE drilling conference. NAPE was memorable for a few different reasons, but they had one on ESG, environmental social governance, but they had a number of different viewpoints. Like one guy was basically from a think tank saying energy, you know, oil and gas, we need more of it. These regulations are burdensome and totally unnecessary. And then you have somebody else who's like, we really need to come up with a standard for all of this and we can do it. And let's lead the, you know, the oil and gas industry needs to step up, but you just between their disagreements, you get more information than if everybody sort of talks, right? Right. Yeah. So, and they had, you know, question and answer afterwards. So a panel can be very interesting when you get diverse viewpoints, because sometimes it can help you form your own opinion on things. So panels can be good. Sometimes even usually the day before a conference, sometimes you can pay some extra money and they might have a training session on something that's related to the conference. 
I have attended one or two of those. It's been a very long time, but you know, if you have to travel for a conference or something, that can be a really nice way to justify to your boss and, you know, tie everything together. And so like, I would say that can be integral in some ways, but then, you know, between all that, the main thing that's going on is paper presentations, technical papers. And, you know, we talk about them all the time, but basically you get 20 minutes to present your paper ish in most cases. And then there's about a 10 minute Q and a where, you basically have the highlights of the paper and then people can ask you questions and hopefully respectfully disagree or, you know, challenge your thoughts. You know, that's a big part of it is just listening to different people's presentations on different technologies or areas of interest to you. You know, I always make a point, Fred Dupriest, whenever he's presenting a paper, I'll go find him and make sure I attend those. Eric Van Ord is another fun one to hear. Usually a lot of times it's his students, but just there's a who's who. And then there's the paper topics where you're like, that sounds different. And I'd like to hear it. So those are like the main thing. And then between all of this, there's usually an exhibition hall. And this is where people have their booths, you know, kind of like a trade show. It's a great place to shoot the breeze or talk about a paper you just saw presented. Great way to bump into people and network. And so the exhibition hall can usually be a great place. If you don't have a paper you want to listen to right then, to just wander around and see who's out there. And it's funny, like sometimes you'll meet people for the first time and sometimes they'll read their badge and realize you've emailed with them before and never knew who they were. Right. But because all these people of similar disciplines are coming together, this is kind of your chance to put names to faces and, you know, all, all that. And, you know, some of them will even have, you know, a happy hour or something like that where, you know, people can converse a bit more in, in a less formal setting. but depending on whether it's a day, whether it's a two-day, three-day, it's some amalgamation of that. Although, Justin, I know you attended a few of these. Did I miss anything on that list that you've seen? No. And I think some emphasize some of these elements more than others. And again, it's depending on which one you go to, there could be a whole onslaught of stuff. You know, demonstrations on sort of different technologies is kind of neat too. Sometimes they have, like, again, the exhibition hall. A lot of times for myself, I may go to a conference that doesn't really directly tie itself into drilling fluids, although kind of keeping your finger on the pulse of just anything energy related or, you know, oil and gas related is good. And so what you can do is, you know, a lot of times just to go attend the exhibition hall, that would be sort of the low cost of entry, you know, whatever that is for a ticket to get in. And then, you know, you don't have to spend a bunch of extra money to try and get into whether it's speakers or anything else. But what that does, it allows you to kind of roam the hall you know, network, shake hands, go to different booths and just kind of see what's going on and and talk to people that are outside your discipline. That's what I really enjoy. Although I like going obviously to the drilling ones, because that's, you know, really adds a lot of value to me in the the immediate, but just going to other ones that, you know, you kind of feel like a fish out of water, but sometimes that's good because you get an opportunity to learn something. And again, you know, it's for those who are familiar with NAEP, it's a lot of people, like I've met a lot of folks that came from other cities to attend not NAEP, but just the parties. So it's oftentimes like OTC, NAEP, a lot of these big ones, it's actually kind of an opportunity for everyone to come together. And so while you may not go to a speaker, you know that there's going to be plenty of opportunity to network, which is kind of leaning into our next topic. Yeah. I mean, the fact is everybody's in town, right? And so like, I think you can learn a lot from the conference and then you can learn a ton from what happens after the conference. And so, you know, NAEP is notorious for the parties, right? You've got law firms and bankers running around with money. So, you know, what do you expect? 
And I think the financial industry is way more intentional about networking where that's, you know, my friends in that side of the business, they'll be like, Hey, I want you to come meet this person. And you're like, okay. And it's just like, they see the value of networking where they're like programming, you know, you need his card. You need, you know, you need her contact without any like agenda or just, it seems like you two might need to know each other someday. Yeah. Like, okay. Weird. But not weird. <laughs> but I think in the oil and gas industry, I think salespeople are pretty good at it. I think like on the technical side, I mean, you know how the lab nerds can get, right? Like they tend to be less outgoing, but at a technical conference where you kind of get them stirred up because they're talking about, you know, things they're passionate about. Yeah. Networking yeah. is great where you sort of recognize the who's who of that part of the business. And they're all there because everyone else is there. So you know, between that and then industry leaders, people that are looked up to where it's, oh, hey, I get to watch this person present in person or, you know, there's a Q&A with this person. That's really helpful. It makes it feel a lot smaller and probably the right size the industry should feel. Yeah, no, it is. And again, I would say the networking aspect is critical, but for those, you know, a lot of times people just simply can't get away from work, right? It'd be nice if everyone could just tell their boss, hey, I'm going to this two-day conference. But the reality is, you know, some folks are required to be at the office to keep the engine running. But what the nice thing about a lot of these conferences, and especially AEDE and some of these other ones, is that, you know, nowadays, a lot of this stuff's recorded. A lot of this, you know, the panelists or the I've seen online, you know, they'll record someone speaking and then they'll put it online or the papers, they'll publish them and put them online, some free, some not. And then too, there's a lot of online webinars and conferences now. I think that was probably a little more, I guess, common during COVID, but I know that people are starting to integrate that. I went to one that was Rockwell Automation put on a huge one. I forget how long ago, but it was an in-person conference, but they had the option to attend it virtually. So while we're still, I think, probably years away from like true virtual conferences, I think that's, you know, to me, I like the techie futuristic stuff. I'm interested to see how that evolves, whether it's, you know, five, 10 years down the line. But again, going back to it, networking is important. Sometimes if you can't attend, you can still access some of the stuff that the conferences had to offer. Right, Matt? Yeah. I mean, and it can be helpful. Certainly. I think you got to know yourself well enough to know how that's going to work just by way of, I am definitely one of those who be like, oh, I'll watch it later. And there's something quite helpful about being forced to be sitting in the room or not forced, but like I'm in the room, I'm hearing it, I'm paying attention versus I'll listen to this while I check email or however, even Nate that, you know, they recorded everything. I attended a lot of it in person, but there were a few concepts I wanted to like circle back on. And so I went ahead and, you know, so the recording stuff, the virtual, I think it's nice if you can't be there. I also, everything I feel now is if you can be there in person, there's going to be all these accidental things. You get inspired, you bump into somebody. And so if you can do it and it's relevant, go for it. Virtual is, if you have a choice between doing nothing and doing virtual, do virtual. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I think it depends on the format of the, the conference for that matter too. But of course, they are getting better. They're getting more interactive. Just nothing beats face-to-face. I know that for me. Right. Yeah. No, that's true. Accessibility is better. Yes. No, that's exactly. If you're going to do anything virtual is your last resort, go for it. And sometimes virtual ones are free to attend too. So, but Matt, tying it kind of getting back closer to home on the drilling side, 
if folks are relatively new to say the drilling fluid space or just drilling in general, what would be sort of the ones that you would recommend the most for folks to look at? So I think, you know, the SPE drilling conference, so SPE drilling, they normally have it in Europe one year and in the US the next, and they just alternate. So it was in Galveston this year. It was in Galveston a couple of years ago. It's good. So SP puts on a ton of conferences, but the fact is that since it's drilling dedicated, it's the who's who of, it's not just fluids, but they have technical sessions on fluids, right. but you learn about drilling mechanics. You learn about, you know, software and AI and that sort of thing. So like you get a good mixed variety of cross-discipline information and there's really great participation from operators, which that was something I really appreciated. The SPE data science convention, you know, that was really interesting because they brought a lot of different perspectives. My whole thing with data science still is whenever they say, hey, we want you to present at a data science conference, everybody's like, oh, reservoir modeling. And it's like, no, yeah. let's talk about everything else. Like, <laughs> but just because there's so much money and so many resources going towards that, it's kind of hard. It was sort of like for a few years at a drilling conference, everything was about fracturing. And it was like, I'm just kind of sick of hearing about, you know, papers that are just so similar. But anyways, all that being said, I think they did an excellent job. I actually can't attend it this year. So I am doing the virtual one so I can watch the recordings. But I have someone holding me accountable. Ah, okay. That's my trick is I paid for the virtual. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to actually have a colleague discuss certain sections together so that I have to have seen them. And yes. that way, I'll make sure I have it right. Ah, accountability partners are very important. Absolutely. <laughs> so there's that. And then, okay, so the AAD drilling conference every other year. Another one that's great because it just focuses on drilling. Very inclusive. They do a lot with students. And then the AAD fluids conference, which is actually April 19th and 20th, which is next week for at least our time of recording. Hopefully we get this out in time. Yeah. And obviously that one we're really excited about, right? A conference just for fluids. And that's, it's drilling fluids, cementing, stimulation, like, you know, fluids of all kinds. But, you know, the great thing is all the people that, you know, you've grown up in the industry with are all going to be there. And, you know, I'm looking forward to, you know, some of the papers. I'm actually presenting a paper on geothermal drilling with our podcast guest, Josh Nordquist. We did a paper together just on geothermal drilling technology and how oil and gas, you know, crossover and maybe not in some places, you know, Dean is going to present one on just kind of how to minimize community impact. And he co-authored with another guy, Josh Hendrickson in the Northeast. And basically they're just talking about ways to work better in communities as drilling fluid providers, as oil and gas guys. That's awesome. And then the other two are on are on technologies. So, you know, Ricky's going to present one on our new oil-based mud lubricant, Lidex, which hopefully if people have been on social media, they've seen that we're pretty excited about. Oh, yeah. And then our squeeze, which Jordan's actually been on the podcast to talk about, but for macro strength, our squeeze, mm-hmm. we're going to present a paper on how we design that. So anyways, we're obviously going to be there. We hope other people will be there too, but that's probably the most exciting and it's a smaller community of fluids people. So it's going to be some of the people that kind of taught me along the way, along with people I'm excited to see their careers grow, along with just, you know, peers who work for other companies that I, it's the only time I get to see them, you know? So yeah, I'm excited about all that. Yeah, no, it's almost like a school reunion. 
you know, because especially you know, in drilling fluids and many other service sectors, you work with folks and then you don't, and then you work with folks and then you don't. And, you know, we all sort of, we shuffle around to some degree, some more than others, but it is nice. Even sometimes you may run into a competitor, but I mean, you've developed a relationship with this person. And when you're there, you get to shake hands, see how the family's doing and really just have a good time and just to better the industry and get to see folks that you hadn't seen in a long time. And some since, you know, perhaps even a, a rig that you were on together, I yeah. ran into folks that like, oh, we were, hey, I remember being your relief, you know, however many years ago. And then, you know, folks coming down from different cities, Denver, Oklahoma City, Midland, Pennsylvania, or Pittsburgh, rather. So it's cool. I'm looking forward to it, too. The Flowline podcast, we're going to be there. We've got ourselves a nice little booth. So still trying to work out the logistics, but I'd love to, you know, get the microphone and hit record and, and speak to some of the folks at the conference and create an episode out of it. I'm not sure exactly what it's going to look like, but if you're there and you see the Flowline booth and you see Matt or I there with the headphones and microphone, come up, let's chat, let's bounce some ideas and just see how everything's going in the drilling fluids world. So I'm excited about that. And then I'm, you know, that evening heading out to Midland. So again, it's, you know, can't stop, won't stop. It's the way it goes. (laughs) So, but Matt, thanks again for chatting about conferences and for the listeners out there, hopefully now that things have opened up and there's conferences literally almost every week you get to attend. Matt, is there anything else you'd like to relay or anything else that the listeners should be aware of? I mean, I think, you know, it's one of those, try and figure out a conference that makes sense to you. Try and go to one. That was a, so like at the SP drilling conference, our colleague, Andrew, was his first one to attend and hear the presentations. Get an idea of, try and find one and maybe you can work out with your boss. Cause look, it's expensive. There's you know, two or three days. So you're paying for the pass for that and they're renting out space and all that stuff. Right. So it's not the cheapest thing in the world, but if you think about yeah. between that and the cost of travel, if you have to travel, maybe try and find one local, think of it as a training, a three or four day training session between your opportunity to network and your opportunity to learn things. And it could well be worth it. And I suspect if you've never been to one before, you get more out of it than somebody who's been to several. So I would just strongly encourage you to try it get the lay of the land, and hopefully you get to contribute someday yourself to the conference and realize that it is really a community of people just trying to move the industry forward. So that's exactly that's my right. closing thoughts. Yeah. And if anyone out there is at a conference and you see Matt or I, please come up, shake our hands and just come say hi. We'd love to chat. And with all that being said, we appreciate the support. If you could review the podcast, share it if there's an episode that you feel is important for someone to listen to. And if you have any questions on anything we talk about, we'd love to hear from you on LinkedIn, or you can send us an email at the Flowline Podcast at AESFluids.com. And again, thanks everyone for listening. We'll talk to you next time. Take care. Thanks for listening. Please tune in next week for another exciting episode of The Flowline. And remember, may your returns always be full and your trips always smooth. Views expressed in this program belong to participants and not their employees. The program is for informational purposes only and cannot take the place of seeking professional advice. Copyright AES Drilling Fluids.